Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. What's up, Fusion? It's Pastor Vance. As you guys can see, I'm not in the building tonight, but we still have something very, very special about to happen. If you were here last week, you know we talked about guarding your heart, and there's just been such a great response to the message about the impact of it in our lives. I wanted us to sit with it, meditate on it a little bit more, and unpack it, and we brought in some special people to do that. You guys may not know we have coaches here at Fusion. And if you don't know, man, this is our core leadership team. They help us to pastor our small group leaders and all of you. They help us to think through a lot of the things that we do in our services and in our ministry as a whole. And so in short, they do a lot to serve this ministry and serve you guys. And so we have a few of them coming up to share their hearts on this subject. So make sure you know we have to give honor where honor is due. Stand up to your feet. Give a warm welcome for our coaches coming to minister tonight. Hello, hello. Good evening, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome to Fusion, best place to be on a Tuesday night. So obviously, like Vance just said, we are some of the Fusion coaches. A lot of us are up here. Um, My name is Lanise, and I will be your moderator for tonight for this wonderful panel. So if I could have all of you introduce yourselves, give your name, uh, how long you've been with Fusion and serving with Fusion. We'll start from there. Hey, everybody. My name is Kevin. Um, (laughs) How y'all doing? Um, I've been been at Fusion the last four years, been serving the last three, three and a half, four, so. Hello, everyone. My name is Jasmine Heron. I've been at Fusion for a little over two years and been serving for a little over a year. What's up, everybody? My name is Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> I've been coming to Fusion since 2013 and started, I was a small group leader since like 2014. Hey, everybody. I'm Kim. Um, I've been serving for the past two years, been with Fusion for three years. Thanks, guys. So, um, yeah, just like Vance said, we are basically doing a continuation of the Guard Your Heart message we had last week. Um, Had such a great response that we wanted to get some some of our coaches up here to just share some personal experiences with you all. Um, But before we start, I do want to first welcome our online guests. Thank you for coming and joining us this evening online. Um, And also, I want to pray us in before we get started. So if you could all bow your heads, close your eyes. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this evening, God. Thank you for um, this time that we get to have tonight at Fusion, this time where we get to glean from each other and hear some personal experiences and um, hopefully leave tonight even stronger and knowing more of you than when we came, Lord. Um, God, I pray that you would embolden each of these panelists to speak your truth and love um, and be courageous in what they say um, and use what your Holy Spirit has given them, Lord. God, I pray that each and every person in this audience, Lord, will um, leave hearing something that they needed to hear from you, God, and that um, they would be able to walk out of this place and impact the world um, that you have placed them in. In Jesus' name, I pray all of these things. Amen. Amen. All righty, guys. So you ready to, to go there? Get a little deep? 
All right, all right. Well, the first question I have for you all, let's just jump right on into it. Um, tell us about a time that you found yourself outside of the boundaries of God and therefore outside of his covering, and tell us a bit about your experience in that. Okay. So I'll go ahead and jump out there. Um, with me, when God spoke, uh, it brought me to Galatians 6. There were two boundaries that he identified with me. And in verse two, it talks about that we are to bear each other's burdens. And in doing this, we fulfill the law of Christ. And so the first boundary is the burden. We're not meant to endure those burdens on our own. And with a quick confession, I have a hard time sharing my burdens with others. One, uh, um, digging deep, I think it's because I don't want to be a burden to other people. And then I'm always the one reaching out to others. So there's the hesitancy. But in doing that, I realized that I'm actually blocking blessings. You know, by not allowing someone into my life to, to share, I'm blocking my blessings and I'm blocking them from being a blessing. And so the second in Galatians, if you jump down to verse five, it talks about what we're called to do in our individual lives, that each of us have things and tasks that we need to do on our own. And with that, there's also the boundary of when to say no, which is also something I have trouble with. In that, God tells us, he gives us tasks and responsibilities that we are to take ownership of. So when an individual comes to me and asks me to help them with their daily tasks, I find it hard to say no, whether it's pressure on my own or just feeling pressure from them. But God did not call us to do that. That's acting outside the boundary that he set forth. And so by injecting myself into their daily responsibilities, I'm sort of getting in God's way. Maybe there's a lesson God is trying to teach them. And by me interjecting, it's sort of blocking God's from communicating and blocking their growth. So those are the two things that stuck out the most to me. That's good, Jasmine. I can definitely relate to that. That's good. That's good. Um, for me, I think uh, just I identify with what you were saying about, you know, doing things and not wanting to be a burden on people. Uh, for me, uh, before I came to Fusion, actually, I was outside of God's boundaries in my relationships. And um, what, what I learned when I came into, into his boundaries is what it feels like, because you don't really know when you're outside of God's boundaries when, while you're outside of them, because you're, so, you're comfortable, you're used to it. And so for me, I was really struggling with, I mean, honestly, just lust, lust um, within the relationship and, and loneliness. And, so what I, what I was able to gather as I continued to grow in, my, in Christ when I came to Christ was that uh, the scripture that I reference is James 5.16. Um, it's confess your sins to each other, pray for each other that you may be healed. Um, I was outside of God's boundaries doing things in my own way for my own satis selfish satisfaction. And I was doing horrible at it. I was growing very slowly. I was actually having a lot of trouble even within that relationship. And so what God showed me in that scripture was that you need people around you. So I do identify with, you know, being those, like sometimes I came to people and I felt like a burden so I wouldn't be vulnerable with them. Um, but what God showed me is like, that's where your healing is. When you're vulnerable with people who you trust, who can love on you, who when you fall, they are the soft landing that you need in order to feel comforted, in order to heal, in order to feel peace. And so with that, as I can't step into God's boundaries in the way I view people in the way that I uh, love myself, love my body and things like that, um, I was able to see that with people around me, with accountability, with brothers and sisters in Christ who really would love on me, 
that I could be vulnerable in front of them and I could then break out of some of these unhealthy patterns I was in. And so that's kind of what, that's what it felt like for me. Hello? Yeah. That's really good, Kev. Um, my experience is pretty similar to yours, um, except, you know, I've been in an experience where I've stepped outside of God's boundary while following Christ. Um, I've been a Christian for about 10 years now. So, of course, it's inevitable sometimes for us to go outside of God's covering and go outside of his boundaries. Um, and so... In my area, it would be in dating, point, point, period. You know, just dating guys that I probably shouldn't have been dating and, um, you know, just experiencing everything that goes along in those type of relationships. And so um, that experience, you know, at first was like, honestly freeing, you know? Following Christ and following all these rules and, and then finally getting a point where, okay, I'm just going to do whatever I, I want to do. Um, at first, it felt, okay, yes, I'm free, right? But in those experiences, one of two things have happened. One, an experience comes up, and it reveals to me why God told me not to do that in the first place. Or two, I just always felt this unpeace in my spirit, like something wasn't right. You know, I had this desire and thirst, but whatever I thought would be able to quench that didn't quench that. And it was because only God was supposed to fill in that void. And so he revealed to me two things. Um, some of us as Christians know about the verse, um, faith without works is dead, right? So for me and my experience, I had a lack of faith and I had a lack of works, you know? When we go outside of God's boundary, we're subconsciously revealing that there's something in us that's not believing that God would say what he would do. And there's something in us that's thinking that, okay, God is not gonna give us the promises that he said he would promise us. And then a second thing was works, you know? Being a Christian for so long, I had these works, you know, I, I, I spent time in the Bible, you know, I, you know, I'm out here serving, I'm doing all these things. And so when I'm outside of his boundaries, I don't have those works to lean on to say, oh, I'm in right standing with God now. I don't have those things. And so God revealed to me that I was not only outside of his covering, but I was outside of my own covering too. And so... With that being said, it was a beautiful thing that God used because now that I don't have that extra layer, I don't have my own accolades, now God has room to work because now I'm actually real with God. Now I'm actually telling him, okay, God, I'm broken. I was attracted to these broken experiences because I'm broken inside. And so I think moving outside of God's boundaries in his covering, the way we get back is by being real with God and being real with ourselves and being able to really tell him how we really feel so that he can now operate on us. Amen. So um, kind of similar to what um, 
my brothers and sisters over here shared. Um, I'm just gonna share like a quick story that I had um, back in 2008 when I was going to college. I remember just sitting out with my parents having a conversation with my dad and my mom and dad. They were just telling me like, hey son, we're so proud of you, you're going to college. Hey, be a good kid and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah. So I was excited to leave the house, by the way. So I was like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> but um, so uh, I remember getting in the plane and then I got to DC and then I went to college. Freshman year was good. Like I'm being a good kid, good grades. Everything is looking good. And I'm actually act, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty well. Like, you know, when mom calls you and he's like, hey, what did you eat? Like, you know, how was your day and things like that? I'm like, I'm at home, I'm studying, I'm doing this, I'm playing basketball, stuff like that. And then, um, before I knew it was sophomore year. Now you know some people, you know some friends, you got some friends, you got people, you know, coming to knock on your door, hey, we got a house party over here, and then stuff like that. So I got involved with a bad crowd, like friends, people that wasn't really following God. I mean, I won't even say really, but it wasn't just following God. Like, hey, come on here, let's hang out, let's do this, let's do that. And then um, I started to drink, started to smoke, Start up, you know, create like a little, you know, a little gang, whatever. We're just kind of walking around, hey, trying to hit on girls, like, hey, what's up, how you doing? Things like that. Going to club and stuff like that. And it got, I'm just being real, man. It just got crazy uh, after that. And then I remember what it felt like, because um, I guess uh, my, seat, not my junior year, my grade wasn't good. Like, things started to fall apart, started started to feel terrible about myself. I started to question my purpose. Started to think, but God, what, is that really what you have, you know, the reason why you got me in here? And I couldn't even hear God. And that's more frustrating because when you, you're a child of God or you, you feel like you're a Christian and um, you don't hear God when you're going through a tough moment, a tough time, it's more frustrating. Sometimes you're like, I'm just gonna go crazy. I'm, going, I'm just gonna go even more crazier. And um, I was stuck in there for a long time, for a long time. Um, and um, I remember just sitting down and having a conversation with, um, with my brother, one of my brother. And I told him like, hey, I'm feeling terrible right now. Like, I don't even know I'm here. Like the purpose of, you know, the reason why I'm here on earth. And um, I was depressed and he tried to help me out, but um, I was just like stuck in that dark place. So right after that, um, I pulled up the Bible that I traveled with. It was a gift from my mom and I started reading it. I started reading, it, started reading it even some more, and I was like, okay, I feel like I got, something needs to change. But it was just hard. It was hard. And um, I could tell you, like, that was just frustrating in that moment. I mean, now I can understand the reason why the Lord had me go through that moment, but it felt, it felt pretty terrible in that time. So that was my, my, my story. It wasn't, at that time, it wasn't pretty. Um, I was still living in there, but uh, it got better after that because I'm here. I just wanted to kind of, uh, you, you brought me back to my college days, and I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember this is what it feels like, because I said earlier, you, sometimes you don't know that you're outside of God's covering, but when you realize you're outside of God's covering, and you know you're supposed to be in it, like that hypocrite kind of jumps out you, and you start feeling shame for yourself, and I remember just a, just a quick thing, like, for me, I think my freshman and sophomore year, like my ringtone on my phone was like a Kirk Franklin worship song. But I was wilding out in college. And it was, just, <laughs> it was just like, oh, but as soon as somebody called me, it's like worship music, but you over here doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, oh man. I, and so I just think back to that now of like, man, if people were looking up to me then, 
and I was doing that, like, you know, how, how can I, you know, how can I reconcile that with myself now? And so really just learning to uh, re remain in God's boundaries as much as I can and then trust the Holy Spirit to do the rest when I'm, too, when I'm tempted, when I'm able to, when I'm unable to uh, just do it on my own, just trusting God and leaning on him to keep me within his boundaries is important. That's good. Thank you each for sharing. You all share something really vulnerable. And I'm sure a lot of us have our own stories that we can relate to that. So thank you all for sharing something so vulnerable so quickly with us. Um, so moving on to kind of like a deeper, deeper um, in that area. Um, this year has brought some challenges. And I'm sure a lot of us have had a lot more free time on our hands than we expected to have this year. Um, so with that said, um, in the realm of entertainment and keeping yourself busy, how can you guard your heart against temptation? Can I'll go ahead and start. <laughs> um, I actually have a scripture for that. It's James 1.14. It says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. So when I think about temptation and I read this verse, um, it says in the word that we're tempted by our own desires. So then let's break that down. Um, what are my desires and where are they coming from? And so if we dig deeper into that, that comes from thoughts. That comes from what I'm consuming on a daily basis. So for me to guard myself from temptation, I make sure I'm very aware of what I'm listening to, what I'm watching. And it's hard sometimes because I want to be relevant. I want to know what songs are out here. And not to say that I don't, but am I listening to that 24-7? No, because those are words that are being spoken over me subconsciously. And so I rather fill up those times with something that's edifying me, either as a leader or as a woman of God, um, being able to really consume something that's going to help me bear fruit and help me um, help others that's why I make sure I'm on top of those things. That's good. I think uh, just piggybacking off that, I, uh, for me, similar uh, to you, but for me, I'm, I, I like to journal a lot. And so um, I write down my triggers. Um, what, I've, what I've realized is that for me, and probably for everybody in the room, like your triggers, they adapt in different seasons of life. So this season of COVID has been very different from what last year was. You know, everybody was like, 2020 my year. And it's like, is it? Is it still? But just knowing like in this season, the triggers for me uh, to be tempted look a little different. Like they might at their core be the same, but they can manifest differently because I'm, I have more free time, because I can't see people as much. So I'm in isolated environments more frequently. And so I have to be very mindful of my thoughts, what I'm consuming. And so, you know, you got to ask yourself, like, what are your triggers? Like, do, do you know? Because if you don't know, you're not prepared when you are triggered to even battle, to do battle against it, to flee, to do what you need to do. And so you, you fall into it. And so um, I was just having a conversation with somebody. But, um, you know, the triggers, to me, are like, they're like the warmth to the fire. Like, they're going to be 
the thing that you feel before you actually get to the fire of temptation and sin. And you come nearer to it because it's warm and it starts to feel good. And then, oh, it feels a little better. Let me get a little closer. Let me inch a little closer. And now you're getting burned and you don't know why. But it's all, it all started with, oh, I felt some warmth. I felt something that triggered a reaction from me that drew me closer to it rather than drawing me closer to God. And so um, what I've just learned when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to music, whatever, you got to ask yourself, like, is it worth it? Is this, is this show, this movie, this music, this Instagram post, this DM, is it worth it? Is it worth my soul? Is it worth my spirit being tainted by it? And when you are real with yourself, like in that way, you can make a better decision most of the time, but even still, we can fall into it. And so for me, I, I realized that to flee, because the Bible calls us to flee from temptation, we don't fight it, we don't, we don't entertain it, we flee it. And for me, I realized that fleeing, it, it does take, it takes dependency, dependency on the Holy Spirit to really give you that strength and the, and the discernment to recognize the trigger in the first place. Because like I said in the beginning, if you don't know, you're not prepared. And so it takes that dependency, but it also takes discipline from us, which we develop over time of doing it over and over and over. Um, and even after that, you need courage because there's one, it's one thing to flee temptation when it's just you, but when you're, what happens when you're in a room with people and they're you know, blasting some like, very sexualizing music or something like that, or they're watching a show that's very you know, perverse in many different ways, do you have the courage to get up and flee? Or are you gonna say, oh, I, I can handle it. I'll stay here and all in all deceive yourself because you really can't because you know, when the moment you think you're standing firm, that's when you can fall. And that's what we're called, we're called to flee. We're called to recognize if we think we're standing firm, be mindful because you, you can fall in that. So do you have dependency on the Holy Spirit? Do you have the discipline to, to follow through? And do you have the courage when it's uncomfortable or inconvenient? and makes you look like a, a square or whatever term people use nowadays. So. Yeah, and with that, Kevin, I'll go ahead and piggyback off of your piggyback. Um, <laughs> so with me, uh, I grew up, um, like growing up with R&B to the fullest. Um, <laughs> so as an old soul, I'm talking like 70s, 80s, 90s, probably stopping at 2010. Um, it's, yeah, it goes downhill. Uh, <laughs> but um, with that, I have to be honest with myself. Um, even riding in a car, listening to radio stations, um, if we're honest, there's probably a small percentage of that R&B music, and I'm just picking that because it was relative to me, where it's actually talking about pure love in its purest form that God intended. And you can probably name a few artists, but that's very rare. Uh, if we're honest with ourselves, most of it is you know, the information that we don't need. And as I'm thinking, I, I call it um, the Proverbs. So we're in Proverbs, talking about Proverbs 423, about guarding our hearts. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just shaking. <laughs> um, about guarding our hearts. But right beneath that, Solomon talks about, in chapter 5, avoiding the immoral woman. And in that chapter 5, if you go down to verse 3 through 8, that's how I classify some of the songs, you know, that are not so pure. In that it says, the lips of an immoral woman is sweet as honey. And, but it goes down to verse eight, it says, stay away from her. <laughs> so uh, with that, so I, to relate that back to R&B music, the not so good R&B music, um, 
when you're hearing the lyrics, it's, it's smooth and it's, it's charming. But as we know, as the book says, charm is deceitful. And that's where we have to be very cautious because you can get wrapped up in that and get consumed by it. And so that's where we get to the point of how do we guard our hearts? And that's where it goes back to the word, because we, we honest, no matter what form of entertainment it is, whether it's movies or music, it, it starts with our emotions, it starts affecting our moods, and then there's our attitude, but eventually it's gonna, you're gonna act it out. So that's where the boundaries come into place. And so what does that look like? Uh, well, first of all, you step away from it. It goes, stay away from her. You don't listen to that type of music. You come up with alternatives. And with me personally, with all of this ingrained, you know, if I accidentally flip to the wrong station, there goes that music. But then I have to flip back to the music I have programmed. And so you might have to pop in some Andy Minio. You might have to pop in some Mary Mary, whatever it is to keep your mind in that right frame and avoiding the, the explicit content. So. Mm -hmm. Appreciate y'all for, for sharing. So... Uh, Fast forward 2013, I was invited to Fusion by my girlfriend at the time. Uh, she's my wife today. Yeah, yeah man. So, um, yeah, so she invited me to Fusion. I remember Pastor Johnson Bowie, our senior pastor, brought a word on the spirit of Jezebel. And uh, he was, <laughs> man, that was, that was, that was, that was fire. That, that was fire. And I remember just listening to the message, and I was just listening to the message, and then we had that altar call. I remember giving my life to Jesus. I'm all excited. And uh, we're jumping in the car, I mean, because I picked her up, and she picked me up because she invited me. So she picked me up, so we came to church. Her <laughs> message was, was good, message was dope. And then now we walking back in the car, and uh, I turned on the music, had some Jay-Z playing. Kind of liked it. And I was like, man, this is, this is good. This is, I was like, that's the devil. And I was like, that's the, and then she was like, okay. I was like, all right. So I kept listening to the music. Now she, cause she was trying to cut it off. I said, nah, nah, don't cut it off. Kind of like it. So we got home. I mean, she dropped me off at home. And then I remember just sitting like, hey, I just made a vow. I gave my life to Jesus. I thought things was going to be super easy. But why I'm still having this desire? Like why I still want to listen to this music? Music trying to watch a movie because I had a collection of scary movies. Trying to watch a movie, I'm like, I still got this, man. I don't know, do I need to change my whole house or what? This is kind of crazy, so. I was just going, I was just kind of, you know, going over, you know, asking questions to myself and then, y'all know, you know, when you give your life to Jesus, your friend don't give the life to Jesus at the same time. So, I remember like, it was like, back then we used to have Fusion on Wednesday and then on, thir on Thursday, that was my little break, and then on Friday, I pull up my phone, some friend calling me, hey, Jimmy, you going out tonight? And I'm like, man, I used to call y'all. Why you calling me today? And he's like, hey, like, yeah, man. I'm like, no, nah, I can't. Why not? I'm like, no, nah, I ain't got no money to get in, man. I just lied at that time. <laughs> and then, uh, and he said, you know, and he said, he said, bro, you know what? I got you, bro. I'll pay for you to get in. I'm like, damn. I said, bro, but I ain't got no money to pay for the drink or anything like that. He's like, nah, man, we got you, we got you. We're going to pick you up, we're going to get you in, pay for the drinks and all that. I'm like, man, that sounds like a deal. Like, it's crazy. Might as well just make it happen. So the reason why I told that story is to tell y'all, like, how temptation comes. And then you really got to be out. I remember Pastor, Pastor Vance preached about, like, ruthlessly, 
ruthlessly guarding your mind. And uh, when you read that defi the definition of the word ruthless, that means with no pity or compassion. So you're really up for a war when you give your life to Jesus. And you can't play around, you can't play hide and seek with sin or like, oh, I just got to be casual because that's what the devil is looking for. So you really got to be like up for a fight. Like this is crazy. Like, and, um, and, I, and I'm going to close with this. Have you ever been to a fight before? Yeah, if you've been in a fight, you know how when you get in a fight, you're not playing games. You really want to swing so hard so you can really drop that person. And I feel, you, I feel like you got to have the same mentality when you jump, when you're actually fighting against the enemy. Because he's not playing games with you. He's being dead serious. He's trying to kill you, by the way. So in that moment, I remember like just saying to myself, okay, I feel like I need to do something brutal. I started taking my movie, throwing it in the trash. I, I pulled up my phone. I had some music, some dirty music in there, explicit version. I had to delete them all. I had to make sure that I don't go back to it. And plus, the most important thing is to add some, to add some, to add some accountability to your circle. I mean, if you've been coming to Fusion over two weeks, what's going on with you? Why are you not a part of a small group? You got to be a part of a small group, man, because you need men, you need women who are going through the same thing that you are going through. And um, to share the same thing that you, share, that, that you actually are going through, and that's going to help you out a lot. And that was my story. So I have a follow-up question to that one. What do you say to someone who maybe is struggling to get rid of their, their things that they know are not glorifying, honoring to God, or maybe they feel that they don't have an issue with it? What would you say to somebody like that? Stop debating with the enemy. Stop having conversation with the enemy. That's, that's dangerous. You got to remember the enemy tempted Jesus. Shoot, that's crazy. He, he tempted Jesus. He wasn't scared that this is the king of kings. This is the Lord of lords. I'm going to try anyway. So if you're by yourself, you're trying to fight against the enemy, he's going to kill you. So every time you're having, and that's the reason why to me accountability is important. It's extremely important because at least when you're actually debating those stuff, you could call a friend, a small group member. You know, hey, man, I'm dealing with this. I don't know. Hey, bro, I'm swinging, to, I'm swinging by your house. Got some wings. And we're going to watch a game. Hey. Simple as that. And I think a lot of times that's what we do. We just, okay, we're living in a generation and in a society where people are like, I mean, especially the young adult, we really want to see how far can we get close to. And it's like we're playing with that line. Or, okay, so they say drink is bad, but is it just wine? Is it liquor? <laughs> Is it gin? Is it rum? Is it tequila? Is it, is it, you know, stuff like that. We're playing around with it. Is it, okay, is it just wine? Just cut it off. Just cut it off. If you're debating, that means it's not good for you. you might, you're not debating about blessing somebody. You're like, hey, is blessing somebody a good thing? Of course it is. What are you debating on trying to cut those things off and trying to put some things aside, trying to clear, clean up your circle of friendship and things like that? And I would also add to that, um, it says in the word that God provides us with the way out. So in all of these stories that were mentioned, everyone was actively seeking for that way out. So we got to also tap into the power 
that God gave us within and understand that we have the tools through Christ to fight those temptation. And so we don't have to be scared of temptation or drown in temptation. No, we got a way out. And on top of that way out, we got all these tools from God himself in order to fight through that. And so it, it honestly, it goes back to that. And, all, and, and going back to the basics, again, making sure that our mind is being daily renewed by the word of Christ so that we can remember that we have a way out, so that we can remember all the resources that God has provided for us as well. Thanks, y'all. Anybody else want to share on that? No? Well, I just, I'll add to that. Um, I just feel it's, it's on me to say, um, honestly, we're all at different stages in our life, but I just want to heed the warning. I don't care if you are the Virgin Mary. Don't get to the point where you think, I can deal with this. I can handle it. You know, I don't know, I don't know of that temptation. I don't know of this. You, 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 you dibble and dabble in it too long. Like he said, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy any innocence that you had, it will be taken. So that's where, like they're all saying, renew your mind, stay in your word, have accountability. I don't care if what stage you are and what experience you have. I, I just felt that I don't know who it's touching in here, but no matter what your experience is when it comes to explicitness, <laughs> uh, don't, don't play around with it. Um, and I'll just say, uh, you know, when I, as you asked the question, just how, what would you say to that person who's, who's kind of debating back and forth, and I'd say, I've been there. Like, I've been right where you are, where I'm trying to hold on to something that I have put, placed so much value in or that I try to minimize this impact on my life. I've been there. And all the while, God has been calling me, hey, I need you to let this go. I need you to release this thing um, to me because when, once you release what you're holding in your hand, I can put something different in it. And I think that's the revelation I got, and it's been able to give me the strength and the wisdom and, and also the accountability around me to make sure I don't try to pick up what I left with God again, because that's, that's also the enemy's way of, of, of doing battle with you. It's like, hey, I know you've been away from this stuff. Let me see if I can provoke you again. And let me see, let me see if, you really got, if, you really, if you really, really down for Jesus. Like, let me see. And so just understanding, like, that's... that's Pretty much everybody's story who's come to Christ is like, hey, I've been, I've been tempted. I've been like trying to justify my actions. And I've, I've said this to, I mean, I've said this in conversations we've had, just we can, we can, our minds are creative. We can work miracles around our thoughts to make something make sense and turn it into something good. But that is the enemy playing with you. That is the enemy just using you. And the more you, you keep it up here, the, the easier it is to fall into temptation with that thing or continue down this destructive path. But the moment you start releasing it to God in prayer, to people around you, they'll say, hey, that's actually, that actually doesn't make sense. Or, hey, that's actually really a bad idea. Um, and you need people like that because we don't know our blind spots. So um, they're blind, I mean, you're blind to them for a reason. So having people who can see them in you, point them out and walk with you through the process of overcoming these things is something you definitely need, so. That's good. What all of you all were saying, it reminded me of the scripture, I can't think of where it is, um, how many things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So, oh. 
for me, yeah. Thinking about that the next time there's a debate about if I should be doing whatever it is. So thanks, y'all. So given the strategies for guarding our hearts, the ones that we were talking about last week, forgiveness, do not envy, study the word in prayer, I want to ask each of you, how do you ensure that your heart is bearing good fruit in those areas? Um, I think just the first one, uh, forgiveness. Uh, so hard sometimes, right? <laughs> so hard. But we don't do it alone. That's number one. Um, anytime I'm in a situation where I need to uh, forgive someone, forgive myself, I think of Jesus on the cross. I think of when he was on the cross and people were gambling for his clothes. They, you know, he's literally dying right before you. And Jesus had the, the mercy in his heart, the love in his heart to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. That's everybody who has, not, I won't say everybody, the majority of people who have hurt you have not been people who that was their original intent. And they didn't know that you would have this hurt, this pain, this trauma that you're still dealing with. Maybe you had it as a child. They didn't know you would still be carrying it as an adult when they did what they did. And so for me, I've had to um, just realize, like, if Jesus is able to, on his, you know, as he's literally passing away, you know, preparing to be re resurrected, if he's able to forgive someone and we have power given to us fr th uh, from him, then I, I can forgive that person who hurt me with what they said, because then that's not killing me. You know, I can forgive that person for what they did because it's not killing me. I'm still here, I'm still standing, I'm still stronger, and I don't want to allow anybody to be rent free in my head or in my heart about whatever they did, you know, and what God has kind of uh, blessed me to be able to do now as I've just continued to mature um, in crisis, just be bold and courageous to have conversations with people um, to release those things out of me because once they're, once they're out, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm in a better position. I can still love on a person from a distance if that's what's necessary. But forgiveness for me is, is a process. I mean, it's gonna be, I think a lot of times we think forgiveness is the healing. And it's not. It's the start to it. You know, you, you can't heal a wound that somebody created just by saying, I forgive you, let's move on. It's like, no, it's still something there. And so having conversations where necessary, um, going to God in prayer, like forgiving yourself um, and just reconciling with yourself, like this happened, this, is the, this was the outcome, and this is where I'm at today as a result. Like having those conversations starts the healing process. And really opens up the door to reconciliation. And so um, God has given me a heart for reconciliation. So I know that it is possible in the majority of cases to reconcile with people and with yourself and with God. Um, and I will do whatever it takes to get to that point. And if, if I find it where I'm, it's not being reciprocated, then I know, to, okay, now I set a boundary here because I did my part, Lord, and this is all I can do, so I'm gonna trust you with the rest. So I can go ahead and, and dive into um, studying the word, standing the word uh, when it comes to guarding your heart with that. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is in the Gospels, where Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower. sower. So basically you have this farmer who's sowing seed on four different types of ground. So in this parable, the seed is the word of God, and the different grounds are the conditions of our heart. And so in order to 
explain this, uh, I'll dive into this real quick. So the first condition we have to be aware of is a hardened heart. So with that hardened heart, we receive the word of God, but we don't have an understanding of it. So with the lack of understanding, the devil comes right on in and just takes it from you. The second one you want to be aware of to avoid is the rocky heart. So with the rocky heart, you hear the word of God and you're excited. A lot of new believers, or if you're born again believer, you get excited about the word of God. But what happens? Trials, tribulations, and all of a sudden you fall back. Maybe you stop going to fusion or you stop going to small group. And that's a rocky heart because the word of God is not rooted in you for you to withstand all that, trials and tribulations. The third condition of the heart to be aware of is the thorny heart. So with that, we hear the word of God, we receive it, but we're kind of lukewarm. You know, we're still wrapped up in the things of the world, the desires of the world. And so with that, the word is it's, it's choked by the, by the desires of the world. And so what happens? You don't bear fruit. Even though you have all that understanding, you don't bear the fruit that you need to bear. So the goal is to get to the, the good soil. And in Joshua, I believe it's Joshua 1.8, God instructs Joshua how to do this. And he basically tells him, obey. Oh, excuse me. He tells him to study. And he calls the word uh, instruction. He said, study the instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. And in doing this, you will learn how to obey the word. And... From that, you will prosper and you will succeed. So if we're talking about bearing fruit with the word of God. The keys to that is pretty simple. It's simple, but it's, I can understand it's hard. But basically, you study the word, you meditate on it day and night, and with that, you don't be a, just a hearer of the word, but you be a doer of the word. And in that, you're having that good, the good soil and you're bearing fruit. And one of the other characteristics is do not envy. And so envy is actually sneaky when it comes to Instagram, okay? Because when we're scrolling through, we're seeing pictures of people on boats, you know, people with bags, people with shoes. And subconsciously, that's planting little seeds of envy, of wanting what someone else has. And so when I think of envy, I remind myself of three things. One, my purpose. If I think about the body of Christ, each and every one of us have a role to play. Some of us are eyes, some of us are feet, some of us are hands. And so if I'm an eye, but I'm too busy worrying about the feet, where the feet has gone, what the feet can do, I'm missing out on the purpose that God has placed for me to fulfill as the eye. And so when thinking about the body, I have to think about, okay, well, God created me. God created you specifically to fulfill a certain purpose in your life. And no one else can fulfill it but you. But you. And the second thing I think about is... Um, where is my heart posture, right? If I'm in a position of wanting what someone else has, that means I'm ungrateful for what I actually have. And so with that, now I have to automatically shift my thought process and start thanking the Lord for everything that he's done. Thanking the Lord for what he's about to do. Tapping into his promises. Speaking that over my life. Speaking that... Um, over even the person that I'm envying, 
Lord, I thank you so much that this person has been able to prosper in this way, Lord. I, you know, thanking God for the things that God is doing through them. And, and, and with thinking about that, too, when we go back to the word in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love is patient, love is kind, and love does not envy. And some of us don't think about that. Because when we envy, we're actually self-seeking. Like, we, we want what we want. And sometimes, I know for me, when thinking about this question, I forgot that actually envying is a lack of love for my neighbor. And that one hit. I was like, what? You know? But it's true. And so as Christians, if we're called to love, then we have to be able to tackle that. We have to be able to guard our hearts from that seed of envy. And just tapping into the last questions that, that we, um, Lanice spoke about, we gotta get through this because we don't know why we're going through this situation. There's someone else that can actually learn from our success, from what God is doing through our lives. So we got to get through it. We don't got no choice. We got this, right? I'm just going to talk about prayer. Um, to me, I think prayer is extremely important for a Christian just because, especially for me, because um, I feel like it gives me a blueprint of how my day is going to look like. And I'm not trying to bash on the people who say, hey, I pray in the shower, I pray in the car while I'm on my way to work, and things like that. So it's all good, but to me, I feel like you have to have a place, an appointed place and time that you dedicate to spend time with the Lord. That is extremely important. You think about God, uh, Jesus himself, uh, he would go up in the mountain, call his disciple out, hey, y'all come pray with me. Um, even if, if you go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, Je uh, Jesus is telling people, hey, if you want to pray, if you want to pray, go to your room. Close your room and then pray in secret and your father who is in heaven is going to I'm paraphrasing, by the way. He's going to listen to your prayer, and he's going to give, he's going to give you uh, whatever. I mean, what, the stuff that you're asking for according to his will. So I think for a Christian, that is extremely important to understand that, hey, my life actually depends on this, on the amount of time that I spend with the Lord. And um, I'm just going to uh, tell a quick story of, of myself, an experience that I just had like a, couple, like a month ago because I got a month old. Lord Jimmy, he called him JJ, Jimmy Jr. Uh, man, that boy freaked me out when he was born, man. <laughs> it freaked me out because the doctor told us that me, uh, um, uh, her, his mom and himself had about 20% a chance, chance to survive uh, when it was actually, you know, when my wife was giving birth. So both of them were supposed to die, if I got to be straightforward. And that happened to me a month ago. And uh, in that moment, I tell you I was clueless. I'm not going to pretend I got it all together. I'm not going to tell you guys that I was like, okay, yeah, the Lord got it. I freaked out. I freaked out. But again, I had to go back to what I do on a regular basis when I'm in trouble. It's so natural. And I'm going to talk to, I mean, anybody who plays sports, before you actually start a game, there is something they call pregame, where you play basketball. I mean, I played basketball and soccer in high school. So what you do at the beginning of the game, they give you like an empty post if you're a striker, because I was a striker. And you just shoot the ball. Because 
what the coach is doing is anticipating that you are going to see those opportunities during the game. So it's the same thing we pray. You just start in the day. You about to go to a war. And I know some people are like, hey, I like to pray in the evening. I like to pray at night. That's good. But I'm like, when you get up in the morning, that's a great time for you to dedicate, spend some time with your father because he's going to tell you the things that, that's about to happen during your day. And I think a lot of times we just kind of go, we take it so easy and we're like, hey, you know, I'm just going, you know, I'm tired. I'm just going, I'm, I'm on a rush. I got go to I gotta be at work. I got to do this. I got to do that. And then when we get hit by something that caught off of God, we're like, man, man, I'm just being tempted by the, by, by the devil. This is so crazy. But if you spend some time before going to work and you spend some time with God, he would have probably told you, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is how you're going to react. And this is what, you know, things like that. And I feel like for a Christian, you have to spend time with God. You have to have an appointed place and an appointed time to go and spend some time with your father because it's extremely important, not only for, for, for your faith, but also for your relationship with God. You hear him a little better. You know, every, every day you get better understanding and listening to, to, to the stuff that he has for you. So, um, and also, add some accountability. Do Bible study with some, some friends. Call somebody. Hey, I'm meditating on, on Psalm, on the book of Psalm these days. What are you working on? What are you reading up on? And then keep holding each other accountable in that sense. And I feel like it's, it's pretty vital for a Christian. Wow, so that was all of our questions. I just want to say thank you all for, again, your vulnerability, your honesty. Can we give our panelists a round of applause? Thank you, thank you. So we are going to wrap up. I'm going to pray us out. Um, If we could all stand and go ahead and pray out. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this evening, God. Thank you for um, each and every panelist that you placed on this stage tonight, Lord. Thank you for their lives, their experiences, God. And thank you um, for giving them the voices to be able to speak out your word, your truth, your love um, tonight for Fusion, God. I pray um, that each and every individual in here, Lord, will walk out um, feeling equipped, feeling loved, and um, just knowing you more, God. Lord, I pray that as we all head home this evening, that we will get home safely um, and that we will be able to uh, reflect on everything that happened this evening and and potentially make some decisions, some hard decisions um, to glorify your name. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for everything that you've done this evening, and we thank you for everything that you are going to do. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit FusionATL.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.